everyone. So if you're watching this, welcome to one part of my living room uh, where I display some books and whatnot. Uh, but for those just listening, I won't bore you with some kind of description of my uh, place. Let's just today talk about Baudrillard and War. And the reason I want to do this is because I've seen quite a few attempts to explain what Baudrillard is on about in terms of war. And they're almost all right. I want to do something a little bit different. And what I mean by that is that Baudrillard doesn't just talk about war in terms of how it's represented. That is, in how it's kind of taken up in media images or on mediated sites or whatever. He also talks about war today as losing an attachment to symbolic exchange and losing an attachment to what he calls the dual antagonism and the challenge, which are very important words in his work, in his theories. So before jumping into that, uh, you know, you can find me on Instagram at theory underscore and underscore philosophy. If you want to see pictures of my cats, mostly you can support me on Patreon if you want to do that or PayPal. Um, any contribution helps. And I'd like to extend my gratitude to all those people that have helped me out so far. It's been greatly appreciated. Uh, if you're listening to this in podcast form, you'll be able to find it um, on YouTube if you want to see video. Uh, if you're listening to this in YouTube form and want to find it as a podcast, you can find it pretty much anywhere you get podcasts without uh, there being any ads. So that's a added bonus. Um, and what else? If you're, if you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify or whatever, you know, leave five stars. It means a lot to me. And without further ado... I guess I'll hop right into it. So across Baudrillard's work, he talks about many wars, but three figure into his project the most prominently, and those are the Vietnam War, the Gulf War, and the, the war in Iraq and Afghanistan that followed 9-11. So I see it necessary to understand or to grapple with all three of these because they each demonstrate a different part of Baudrillard's project, but they all kind of cohere around the idea of the challenge of antagonism and the duel. So I'm going to be talking about them in that order. That is Vietnam, then the Gulf War, then the Iraq and Afghanistan War following 9-11. So he writes on the Vietnam War with the most kind of detail, or in the most detail, in Simulacrum Simulation, which is probably his most well-known text. In there, he says something pretty provocative. He says that the United States pulled out of Vietnam, but they won the war. Now, what does that mean? What does it mean to say that they pulled out? And it is historically noted as a defeat for the American side and for the uh, South Vietnamese side. But Baudrillard contends that that wasn't actually the case. So what was going on there? Well, for Baudrillard, he said that it wasn't necessary for the Americans to win the war in any kind of traditional sense because their goal wasn't to actually overcome the North Vietnamese army. Instead, their project was to enter the Northern Vietnamese army into a global system of properly recognized military apparatuses so that it could be readily recognized and it could be understood. So he says that once the Northern Vietnamese had passed into the hands of regular troops, then the United States' job was done. That is, they had entered into this global system. Now this 
concern that Baudrillard has about this really colors his entire corpus of theoretical works, from his first book, The System of Objects, all the way to his last full-length book, The Intelligence of Evil, he was concerned with the threat of totally integrated systems. And that is one part of the simulacrum that I think is often ignored. That is, it's not just about media images. It's not just about hyper-reality. It is also about the growing objectification, growing objectivism of the world under a single guiding principle. And in this case, in the case of Vietnam, this guiding principle was entering the northern Vietnamese army into a readily recognizable military apparatus that could then be controlled from the outside. Now, in terms of the media image, what Baudrillard is concerned with with Vietnam is not so much its representation on you know, various media, on the news or whatnot, because it was quite famously the first televised war, really. Uh, he was concerned with it in terms of Francis Ford Coppola's Apocalypse Now, the kind of really famous uh, Vietnam War movie featuring Charlie Sheen, or Martin Sheen. I won't edit that out, that's a funny mistake. Um, but this movie for Baudrillard was a kind of microcosm of the war itself. The movie was a colossal nightmare in terms of its production, like there were so many problems that occurred on set. Uh, and it really mirrored what had happened in Vietnam. And that, Baudrillard says, is kind of like a simulacrum of the war itself. But there's also really another interesting point, uh, and I guess this is one of my own arguments about it that I've made in, in other places, where Apocalypse Now is interesting in that it follows a small crew of of military personnel traveling from Vietnam to Cambodia to kill a rogue American uh, military person, Colonel Kurtz. And during this whole time, this whole voyage through these countries, this small crew doesn't actually get into a direct conflict with the enemy because the enemy is always you know, at the gates. They're always hidden away, so to speak. So there are moments in which there are these kind of little battles, but the battles always seem to occur between other people they're with and the enemy, or the battle seems to just come from out of the jungle, out of the indeterminate jungle. And that is interesting because it's not really a battle or a war in the traditional sense. It was more in many cases, an invasion against which people who were not at the time, uh, I guess, predisposed to these kinds of military tactics were just combating them in the way that they knew, like small, in, in many cases, rural people that didn't have the same armaments or the same means to challenge the American military might. So then it comes down to their going after Colonel Kurtz, the rogue American soldier. And what that communicates to me is that their concern, that is the American military, their concern was less against people with like a different ideological predisposition, even though that played a part. Of course, communism was on the table, but they were also opposed to the rogue-ish nature of the enemy. So that's why they turned their, themselves against Colonel Kurtz as being that, you know, he comes at the chagrin 
of the American military, a sign that the American military too can be this indeterminate thing. And so it, they take it upon themselves to eradicate that, to put Colonel Kurtz in his place so that he doesn't make an embarrassment of the ordered system of uh, the American military. And that more or less, I think, captures the essence of what Baudrillard is on about, about the Vietnam War. And that propels us here into the Gulf War and his pretty uh, infamous text titled The Gulf War Did Not Take Place. So I think that one of the misconceptions about this, or at least I'm being mean when I call it a misconception, it's more um, one part of the total project that happens to take up the whole thing, at least I think in many people's views. Uh, happens to come about from, I believe, one of the prefaces or translator's introductions to one of the versions, in which I believe it was Paul Patton, makes the case that um, there was a moment during the Gulf War in which military soldiers were uh, talking to CNN reporters, and the CNN reporters were like, well, what's happening here? And the military personnel responded, well, we're waiting to see on CNN to find out what's going on. So that, I think, really, for many people, was a demonstration of the hyper-real component of the war, it being something that played out on the television, not necessarily in the real world. But it that's not the total picture. And the total picture, I believe, in order to understand it, demands that we consider what Baudrillard means when he says the Gulf War did not take place. And what I think he's saying in addition to the fact that it played out on televisions rather than in the real war, was that it wasn't a war in that it was more of an invasion, and it wasn't a war in that everything was so premeditated, everything was so statistically clear and set out in advance in the efforts of it being a clean war, a war of zero deaths, that it wasn't a war in the way that humanity knows war to be. It was a calculated, statistical, programmatic invasion. And that is another way in which it wasn't a war, per se. So in the completely programmatic nature of it, we see an end to the duel, which demands a kind of dialectical uh, conflict between two sides. We have only, instead, this one world governing system just deploying its entire military might to and another one, to which the other one has no capacity to respond in a dialectical way, or in a way that would be a marker of what Baudrillard calls seduction. It doesn't have the propensity to react against this overall system, this military-industrial complex. So, and I really want to emphasize, this doesn't mean that an analysis of the media images isn't Baudrillardian. That absolutely is. But we have to consider this as well in terms of the end of the duel, end of seduction, end of the challenge. And I'm using the term seduction here quite loosely. I should do a whole episode on that. Uh, but for now, we'll keep that, keep that at bay. And that propels us here into his discussion of the post-9-11 war in Iraq and Afghanistan uh, and his book titled The Spirit of Terrorism. So his discussion of the events of 9-11 first and this might seem kind of strange, first come about in 1976, about the mid-70s, in his book Symbolic Exchange and Death, in which he meditates on the Twin Towers. 
And he says that there's something quite peculiar about them, and they are the sign for him of a completely integrated world system. And they are a sign of this because there are two towers that directly resemble each other. So in that, they form a closed loop that only references itself. And they are the sign, of course, of total world power, economic, which obviously extends into military power, social, political power, and so on. So he discusses that in 1976, and he says that if the two towers were to actually... <laughs> he doesn't say destroyed, I don't believe, but if they were to be taken down and a single tower was to be erected, that wouldn't mean that we'd see the end of this totally integrated system, as though it's only reserved for a kind of dual, D-U-A-L, not D-U-E-L, a dual system that mirrors itself, because he says that the we already know what it signifies. And so in a singular point, which is now the case, the single kind of World Trade Center, uh, it is still a marker of that total power. Now we jump ahead 25 years or so, to the events of 9-11 and, and Baudrillard's theorizing the aftermath in which he provocatively says that the Twin Towers committed suicide. So what does that mean? Well, from the Vietnam War, you know, that would have ended in the early 70s up till the year 2000, the year 2001, what we were seeing was the consolidation of a total world power, not necessarily um, under specifically the domain of the United States, but it was under the domain of this perfectly governed hyperreal system. So different countries held different stakes in it, but ultimately the United States was kind of the perfect sign of that system. So when we have entered this kind of perfect system, Baudrillard says that it can't actually be destroyed from without because it is all-encompassing. Any kind of destruction within it comes about by the system itself. So in the case of terrorism, he says that that is one example of a system that has become totally complete, totally globalized and integrated, attacking itself. It is an abreaction, which is a pretty important word in his work. It is a reaction of the system against itself. It is the case of terrorism being almost the last-ditch effort to challenge a system that has been growing way too strong, way too prominent, and it does it in kind of roguish ways. It was brought to its knees by just a few people orchestrating this really heinous act. So it's not that Baudrillard is denying that this is a terrible thing, but he's saying that, and in the case of the Gulf War, you know, he's recognizing that 400,000 Iraqi people died. He's saying that this is essentially the product of a global system that has been inflicting harms on people all across the world and people saying no. And with that, he's like, thank God there is some remnant of a challenge to this system. Because if it was totally complete, we would, in his mind, see the end of the world completely. So there are the kind of vestiges of a challenge to that system. So I want to conclude here by considering a quote from him uh, where he says, this isn't verbatim, but in Fatal Strategies that he wrote uh, in the early 80s, I believe, um, in which he says, I fear not terrorism as much as I fear a state capable of ending it. 
And I think that that speaks volumes about his overall theory, his theories, in that he was trying to challenge the total integration of the system across the world and into itself, which for him would end the possibility for possibility itself, would end the possibility for change, for development, for antagonism, for seduction, for the challenge that are, is really what makes, you know, humanity, humanity, what makes, you know, actually anything what it is. And with this integration, with this kind of scientific objectivism, with this, you know, becoming real of everything that is a real in the hyper real sense, more real than real, we see an end to illusion. We see an end to, you know, superstition. We see an end to mystery. And we just give ourselves over to this perfect, objective system and that's yeah that's that if you like what i did what i offered here you know like share subscribe it means a lot um and who knows tell your friends they might get a real kick out of it take care